0: and we live in a place now that feels just about like a plantation we're all indentured servants you know um when i found out there were eight presidents before george washington i wanted to smack somebody Mm -hmm. you know i wanted to know why i was taught otherwise just tell me the whole story i'll fill in the blanks but don't you know don't tell me something that you think i'm supposed to know we're indentured servants and we got a black president now Well, I don't vote. I don't have nothing to do with it. I got no dog in that race. And for those who would cuss me out and slap me in person, if, they, if I didn't ask you why? Well, the reason why is because I'm one of Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, we've never voted. And uh, that's not to say that I don't think uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, is a very smart individual, and he seems like... Uh, He means well. Um, Prophecy is what we all have to go by now.
1: This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your host, E. Simon. I'm Harrison. Harrison. Mm. Thanks, uh, thanks for taking care of Hecubus while I was in New York. Yeah, no problem. Uh, did he cause you any trouble, any pain?
3: He didn't. Um, actually, he was, he was uh, quite nice, actually uh less less annoying than you know usually when he just he was very
2: he, i think he was just lonely so he was like don't go hang out
3: you know so well, was, i mean
2: that's what i was wondering about it you know usually he's so affectionate and mm, like he runs because he likes mm, to be around people mm, so if he hasn't seen anyone for a day mm, does he avoid you or does he like rush no, up and try like, to like he's like all up in your face he's all up
3: in your grill up i brought my grill. cat over and he didn't he didn't my cat did not like him very much. <laughs>
2: and, I, I don't think cat, it works like that with cats. I don't mm-hmm. think cats meet each other for the first time. They're like, you're my buddy. I am going to sniff your asshole. And then no. we're going to be best friends like dogs. What, what happened?
3: Um, she, he just like would, st- would stand there and he'd like come a little close and she'd hiss at him. And he'd be like,
2: all right. Is Riska Riska's a female cat? Yeah, yeah. So did Risk just beat the shit out of Hecubus?
3: No, he, stay, he kept his distance.
2: Oh. but he was like, he was like one of those ghosts from Super
3: Mario Brothers, you know, like where it's like if you turn around, they, they creep towards you, and then if you turn
2: back, they stop walking towards you. He was like that. So he was thing. trying to creep up to her to see yeah. what she was yeah, and, yeah. and smell her, and then she was yeah. just like hissing at him. yeah: yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, mm. what I, that's kind of what so, I would anticipate would happen with cats. Right. When Ryan Keeley brought her cat over, mm. her cat just as a kitten just basically beat the crap out of my cat, like beat huh. the shit out of him. Wow. You know, he was doing the same thing. Like, he was sneaking over, like, what is Mm. this? And then that cat's like, I'm going to play with you and just Mm. beat the shit out of him. I mean, if you look at him, he kind of looks like that somewhat retarded, like diseased. Yeah. uh, Weak child that people have. Uh, Yeah. He looks like he has mange. Like a chupacabra. I'm sure a lot of cats are just like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I do not want to catch what you have. Yeah. So I'm going to keep my distance. He thought he was an abomination, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, New York City was a good time. When's the last time you were in New York? Well, oh, you were just uh, New there. Year's.
3: I was there for New Year's Eve.
2: Yeah, you were there for New yeah. Year's. Um, it's been a while for me. Like, I haven't been back there since, God, I not want to say like 2007, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I lived there in the 90s when uh, my friend Kessler lived there. And so this time I went back and I get to hang out with uh, Kessler's sister. I Annie. told you,
3: man. I told you you were going to find the fucking head of the Statue of Liberty on the beach. You know, that's what you're going to find.
2: Metaphorically speaking, that is yeah. what I found. Yeah. I mean, it's like all the places that we used to hang out at back in the 90s in the Lower East Side, gone. Yeah. Either gone or much like San Francisco, turned into like some uh, bougie mixology bar. Yeah. Like Nice Guy Eddie's. Did you ever go there? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I think yes. it was like Houston and... An A maybe? Yeah. person Housing yeah, house A. Was. And it was just you know, the reason I it's like a Nice big Guy Eddie. Stupid Eddie's, mural of kiss. Yeah, it was just a, yeah, it yeah. was just a stupid <laughs> bar, but you could go there <laughs> and you would not run into anyone you knew. Like yeah. you could go there, drink alone, and you're not gonna see a hipster, you're just gonna see just like just other just generic average New York douchebags that are just drinking yeah. by themselves. So I like New York I, I like Nice Guy Eddies just because it was a cheap place to go and you weren't gonna be bothered to drink good thing by thing yourself. Are, and it
3: was also one of those bars where it's like there's maybe a twenty percent chance you'll get into a fight for
2: like no reason. For no reason yeah. because yeah, yeah confident. which is something I like in bars. But now that whole place has been uh, like they 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 knocked it down, they oh, closed yeah. it for a while, renovated no. it, and now it's called like barley and strange or something, <laughs> and it's like you gotta pay eighteen bucks for a Moscow mule. Yeah. And there's a fucking velvet rope outside yeah. of all these bars. Library bar yeah. is the one bar that has been there since the nineties, a rope outside of it. It's just a bunch of douchebags wearing like designer clothing in line. Yeah. It's, it's not the same. No, it's a
3: playground for lawyers now and finance people. It's not a real uh, city.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you could afford to live there. And then people are like, well, Williamsburg is like what the Lower East Side used to be. And L- Williamsburg's cool, too. But once again, it's like $4,200 for a, a two-bedroom apartment. Right. You know, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I guess the, the main reason I was upset about this trip is I didn't get to go to Torah Animal World. Have you heard of that?
3: No. I think you sent me something about it. I
2: wanted to go to Torah Animal yeah. World so badly. Like that was my that was my focus. Well, I was going to get tattooed, but I wanted to go to Torah Animal World more than I wanted to get tattooed. Okay. And uh, my friend Andy Kessler was all gung ho about it. She was like enthusiastic at first, but then when it came down to you know, I made oh, the appointment. Is that the sister of your dead buddy? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, okay. Kessler's sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it came down to the, the, the time to go to the appointment. She was like, oh my God, I have too much anxiety. I'm, I'm going to lose it. I can't be in like a room full of Jews. And I was like, what are you, an anti-Semite all of a sudden? Is that what your social anxiety leads to? Anti-Semitism?
3: Those aren't Jews, man. No, they're, they're wor- it's, something it's,
2: far worse. It's in this place. Listen to this. So it's a, <laughs> it's a Hasidic dude's home yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like on 41st or something. And he converted it mm. into this like taxidermy museum of all the animals that were in Noah's Ark. Okay. And you go there and you get led around by like Hasids basically, wearing like, you know, the the curly hair and the black hats and yeah. the whole black outfits. And you get to hold all this like shitty taxidermy. Hmm. And uh and they they teach you about the Torah. Right. I wanted to go there so bad. You should totally go there on a date next time you're there. Next time I'm in New York. Next time you're in New York, go
3: check out Torah Animal World. I don't know, man. I've had bad experiences with those guys. You, you know, what? Uh, that's one they thing. They close about- the bike
2: lane. <laughs> I used to ride on because they didn't like girls with shorts riding by, you know? They won't sit next so to women on a plane ride. Yeah. Like, if you're on LL, like, you know, the Israeli yeah. flight, it could be delayed up to two hours because Hasids won't sit, sit next to a female passenger.
3: And yet, they'll shell out top dollar at the fucking Dominator's
2: dungeons, thereby raising the prices for the rest of us. Uh, yeah, but that's the one thing about New York City you go there if you didn't hate Jews before when you leave New York City you're going to come out a Nazi yep. you're going to like God those people you know Hitler wasn't a good person but he did have a few good ideas yeah I think that's what's going to come after uh, your trip to New York City there's Jews everywhere no they are everywhere mm-hmm. you see a guy with a yarmulke or, or then they're like you know riding bikes and like bowling you over Yeah, you know, and and I guess like it's even more than that. Like other New York residents don't like them because they buy up homes in their neighborhood, Mm -hmm. call them like uh, prayer shelters, so they're tax exempt. Yeah, I've never
3: gotten a security deposit back.
2: Yeah, and that's another thing. They're slumlords. Yeah, ever. So I don't know. But I would go, I would, you know, I would just like scrap all that and, and overlook all of that, the, the, the annoyance of ha- hanging around the house is just to go to Torah Animal World. Okay. I wanted to do it. Yeah, I'll th- that sounds fun-ish. I yeah, guess. maybe next time. Yeah, Maybe next time. So uh, other than taking care of my cat, what have you been up to you know, this past week? I've been uh, committing adultery
3: and getting my brain jump-started by electromagnets. Wow!
2: Yeah, that's, that's at the same time? No, <laughs> um, no. Simultaneously, like one day, and then you know. So okay, days. committing adultery one day, then the next day getting like what electroshock therapy or something? It's not
3: quite a. Ele- it's like electroshock for pussies, kind of. It's, it's called transcranial magnetic stimulation. Wow! And it's like an electroshock. Uh, no, it's like a, a electromagnet that shocks your brain.
2: Where, where do you go to do this? And is this there's a clinic in? Is this Glendale. voluntary or did your therapist? No, it's like vo- prescribe somebody recommended it, it
3: to me as like they're like, oh, well, antidepressants don't work for you. Try uh, this thing because it's like it's like electroshock, but there's no uh, electroshock has a lot of uh, side effects. You know, like you get it, you have seizures, and then afterwards you're just like I like turtles for like the next
2: four <laughs> years. You know, would you do electroshock therapy though? Probably. But I mean, I just don't understand, what is it? What's the the benefit? Like, what's it supposed to cure? It kind of, like, reboots your brain. So it's kind of just doing a reboot
3: to your iMac. Yeah, because there's, like, like parts of your brain that aren't functioning well. Like, especially if you have depression, they're not working. They're not sending serotonin to the other, you know, shit like that.
2: But but with the negative repercussions in mind, you'd still do it? Yes. (laughs) My
3: memory would be bad. Like, I wouldn't even remember I had it done, probably, you know? Hmm. So,
2: yeah, yeah, I think you'd make for a uh, I've tried, I mean, I've tried podcast.
3: I've tried uh, antidepressants. I've tried Ibogaine. I've tried ayahuasca. I've tried starvation. I've tried a lot of things to treat depression. So I
2: will try anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. this, you go there. So this is kind of like electroshock light. Yes. You go there. Yeah. They put a bunch of magnets on your head. They, yeah.
3: They put a thing on your head and it's like you sit there for 37 and a half minutes and every minute, you hear like a bing bong, like a Windows ninety eight sound, you know. A and chime. then it's like
2: dish, 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 like ten times. What does it feel like? Is it like a it little kind of feels? Like,
3: you ever use a violet wand in a sexual experience? Yeah, it's I'd... like that. It's like a it's like annoying. It's like when you touch an exposed light switch
2: and you get a, electric, a little electric shock. It's like. But that, but that can be a very intense shock. Yeah. I mean, you're saying this is just a kind of a very late shock, like the... It's, it's enough to be, a no, to be very irritating every minute. So that they do it, it yeah. every minute for what?
3: For how long? For 37 and a half minutes. Hmm. And, and, and there was like three DVDs I could watch. One, so wait, one of which you- was Labyrinth. So I'm watching Labyrinth. <laughs> and every, every fucking minute, it's like, bing bong, dush, 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 dush. You know? Wow so yeah. I, I i don't I, they, they could be making me into the goddamn uh, manchurian candidate for armenians or something it's all it's an armenian place so now when you close your eyes you yeah. just picture david bowie's bulge yeah the I'm goblin gonna, king's bulge yeah i'm gonna want to have sex with david bowie and i don't know kill turkish diplomats <laughs> or something you know
2: <laughs> so are you fully have conscious? sex with
3: ray j johnson or whatever the hell armenian people do
2: are you fully conscious during this whole experiment uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, procedure. Yeah, you can't because normally if
3: I'm sitting down anywhere, I go to sleep because I'm like a little narcoleptic. But you can't go to sleep if every fucking minute,
2: sort of, dish, 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 you know. And so, so then afterwards, it's like
3: sh- a it's like a violet wand to your fucking, uh, you know, your, uh, your cr- cerebral cortex, cerebral or cortex. Or yeah.
2: So when you Prefrontal wake up. Cortex. When you wake up, are you just kind of like, I feel fresh and effervescent and I'm ready to take on the world with no. a whole new perspective on life? No, no, no.
3: Apparently it takes like anything like that. It takes at least two weeks to So I have to go to five days a week for like a month, dude. Uh, wow! Five yeah. days a week. Yeah, go to Glendale. Get my fucking brain. Goddamn, get a goddamn car battery hooked up to my brain. I was
2: about to say, it's just mm. you know after talking to you for now, you're just you're exactly as depressing as you were last week. Yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen much. Uh, no, apparently yet. it takes it takes a little while,
3: hmm. and then it's like and then the changes. So you're so used to thinking a certain way. If it works, the changes at first you won't notice them. Hmm. Like all of a sudden I won't know. I'll come in wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. Or something, and you know, you, I won't even know it. And you'll be like, why are you wearing a Hawaiian? You know, be something weird like that.
2: Do you think they'll be able to get you to stop saying, you know what I mean? How many times have I said it since we started the show? (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, You haven't said that in a long time. But I wonder, can they do that? Can they, can like I go there and get them to uh, change some annoying behavior of mine? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think that it's only
3: FDA approved for depression and uh, neurological pain.
2: And is this something that's going to be long lasting or is it something you have to k- routinely do? Somehow, like, I think maintain. 60% of the people, it worked like on a long
3: term and the rest of them, it's like they had to come back like once a year and get it done again.
2: Which isn't too bad. I mean, it's better yeah. than self-medicating. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, I think you've tend to rely on for a few years. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So is it something that afterwards, like you, you really feel drained, like emotionally and just after being in pain for? I guess I did. um, You know, because
3: I I was supposed to go to a thing later that night and I just, I passed out when I got home. Because apparently the fucking juggalo magnet therapy, uh, you know, really takes it out of you, I guess.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see. Uh, what what transpires here with this. Right. I would probably immediately go and jerk off or do something that makes me happy. Well, it's it's weird because um Go see an Adam Sandler movie. At least it's gonna break up my goddamn routine. The monotony of daily yeah. existence. Yeah. So yeah, daily life will be disrupted because you're getting electroshock therapy like Get me out of the house. Yeah. You know?
3: Because <laughs> like literally I, I was telling you before, like, I, I would just to, just to break up my routine, I would you know, go speak on how the Holocaust never happened. I am going on a speaking tour. I, you know, Just, just, to, just to do, do yeah. something out of the ordinary. Yeah, the, the, I tested the smokestacks for cyanide. There's no cyanide. <laughs> never happened. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm hoping it doesn't permanently change your demeanor. Because yeah. I kind of like you being depressing and uh, acerbic. Right. Well, like I'm still... Acerbic um, nature. I'm still periodically
3: banging the Iraqi... Okay, the, the adultery. Punk-cracky, the punk-racky.
2: Yeah. Met yeah. people you might recall this punk-racky. Uh, Harrison ended up passing out during cunnilingus <laughs> uh, not that long <laughs> ago. That was a great story. Yep. So hopefully we'll be hearing a little bit more on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, how did you react? Was it before, before or after you received your electroshock therapy? Did you find out about Prince's passing? It was before. Before. So yeah. you had your therapy. Do you think that would have affected you? Adversely, or do you not give a shit about Prince? I don't really give a shit about Prince. How do, how could you not give a shit about Prince? Never really into his music. You never like Prince? Mm-hmm. Not really. I mean, I I appreciate
3: it's a motherfucking musical genius. Anyone who can write more than one hit song is kind of amazing to me. And in my, in, you know,
2: but it's just not my, not my cup of tea. Did you know? you, I mean? Do you, do you not like funk music? Oh, I love funk music. do so you like Parliament and yeah, Funkadelic? But yeah. you didn't like Prince. A funkadelic, you
3: know. Did all that you? Is shit. Prince too pop? Sly in the Family Stone. Yeah, it's too. was too poppy for me. Like when I was ten, I really liked the goddamn Batman soundtrack, but I, 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 I haven't listened to
2: it since I don't know the fifth grade.
4: Prince, so.
2: I gotta say, Prince is one. of... I've seen Prince, got probably about eight times. Damn. but amazing. He's an amazing mm-hmm. musician. Like he uh, played a couple of years ago or three years ago at the Forum, trying to save the Forum, and okay. so he played like a like almost every week or every day for the month of August, and mm. the shows are like 20 bucks. Yeah. Like 20 bucks for nosebleed seats. Yeah, no, if a Prince song comes on the radio, I change
3: it. God, I can't believe yeah. this. But he writes great songs. I just would like
2: other people to perform them, I guess. <laughs> you are completely off base on mm. Prince, Prince is a musical genius. That guy, you watch that guy perform. How many musicians have you ever seen on stage that could play every single instrument?
3: Well, like, like I said, the uh, talented musicians are
2: a dime a dozen, but somebody who can actually write... More than one hit song. That's legend. something I can respect. It's a legend. Uh, the other thing about Prince, which, which is great about seeing him live, is he, uh, I mean, he was, so, he, he was so magnetic that he just kind of controlled the entire crowd. And so you see, I remember seeing him at the Oakland Coliseum uh, where the Warriors play, and the place is packed, and thousands of people. And he's just like, Oakland, oh, you want to come with me? And everyone's like, woo! But Prince, in his later years, became a Jehovah's Witness. So he's, you know, uh, he, he started changing the lyrics to some of his songs hmm. because he hung out with Sly Stone, who's also right. Jehovah's Witness. And Who so apparently
3: he's living in a van in, in, in Compton Stone?
2: right now. That's what I heard. Yeah. God, you yeah. think Prince would have taken care of him. Hmm. But anyway, Prince is like, Oakland, oh, you want to come with me? And everyone's like, yeah. And he goes, what if I said to a Bible study class? Hmm. And then people are like, yeah, hmm. that'd be cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, Prince. Um, he was a weird dude, though. He was a, he was an, a strange guy. And so I now, like how people immediately
3: stopped talking about him after Beyonce released some video. That was, that was pretty amusing.
2: Wait, wait, Beyonce released a video about Prince? No, she released oh, you her, mean new her, her lemonade, lemonade thing, thing or whatever. It was yeah. like
3: immediately everybody forgot that he died.
2: It did somewhat eclipse, eclipse Prince. But, I mean, Prince affected everybody. I mean, they were, like, lighting up uh, all these landmarks throughout the world in purple. Like the Eiffel Tower was in purple. All right. The, the Great Wall of China. But the interesting thing about Prince, and I, I find this fascinating with a lot of celebrities like that. So Prince is estimated to be worth around $500 million. Okay. And you know, they just drilled into a vault in his home at Paisley Park mm. and they unearthed like I don't know, thousands of unreleased records and songs. Huh. Thousands of unreleased songs. Right. They said you could almost. Ka-ching. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could fuel regular releases for many years. There's a mm. lot of money to be made. With what they found in this vault that no right. one knew the code for. Right. Because Prince didn't have a will. Hmm. He, did, The man didn't have a will. Which is weird. Like, do you think anybody that was worth... I can understand. You probably don't have a will, do you? No, I don't have a will. I don't own anything. It's the same with me. Yeah. It's like, you know...
3: I have a car. Can, that's it. Yeah, Fly it's out.
2: like, you know, my ex-girlfriend can have my cat. Yeah. you know, that's Like, that's about yeah. it. And I don't have anything that anyone would really my want. My
3: only hope is that before I die, I can throw most of my shit out so my family doesn't have to go through it.
2: That's my will, okay? But if you had like, you know, $500 million, you would make a will because now it's going to be, you know, his family, his his surviving family is going to be fighting over this. I guess he had uh, one full-blood sister. Mm. Um, her name is Tyka Nelson. You know, his name is Prince Rogers Nelson. And so Tyka Nelson is assumed to be the heir. But the problem is, is uh you know of the five hundred million dollars she's not going to get all that because if Prince were married, he could have passed on the entirety of his estate to his spouse, like tax free. But he wasn't married; he had no kids. Right. So without a spouse, only one point six million dollars of Prince's estate will be free from the Minnesota death tax, and only five point four five million will be will escape the federal death tax. Mm. So basically, the government is going to get the right. you know the uh, lion's share of Prince's wealth. See, that's weird. Just because generally rich people
3: you hire somebody to at least deal with some of that. And they, they have a way of getting out of the estate tax. It's very easy to get out of paying the estate tax. You put shit in a trust, boom, a, it's
2: done. No yeah, estate tax. But that was the weird thing about Prince. And this is why he's a strange guy. Yeah. Um, Prince seldom went through intermediaries when it came to doing business, right. making all kinds of deals himself. He didn't even like lawyers. Right. So instead of thorough, like uh, thorough management or legal representation, he just, when it came to his personal finances, he just, he did it himself. Well, wasn't he on a fuck ton of drugs too? Well, I think he was on opioids. I know he did. Right. Uh, people said that he might be HIV positive, hmm. you know, and I know he's on, on different drugs, but hmm. he, I guess he didn't trust other people. And it made me think of this guy when, uh, when I moved, first moved to San Francisco, I worked at this, uh, this uh, magazine and my boss there, the production manager, he used to work for, at Paisley Park. His name is Russ. And Russ used to be the assistant costume designer for Prince. Okay, And he said that whole experience, this is like late nineties, Prince had just changed his name to the unpronounceable symbol. Yeah. So if you said the word Prince, if you said the name Prince, you'd be fired on the spot. Hmm. And if Prince walked in the building towards you, you weren't allowed to make direct eye contact. You had to look away. How did you address him? If he, you didn't, if he would address you, and if he addressed you, then you would speak to him Hmm. and you had to refer to him as him or he, Hmm. you couldn't say Prince. Okay. or the artist formerly known as Prince. You couldn't say the word, even. That sounds what, annoying. Yeah, what, what, he, what the, the, the funniest aspect of the whole thing is he said all the people that were in charge, like the directors and the VPs of Paisley Park, were all members of his family. Like, Prince hooked up his family. Mm. So the director of the costume department was uh, his cousin, Freddie, who used to be a bus driver. <laughs> okay. And Fred, No one knew anything about how to run a business, mm. but they're all members of Prince's family. Right. So uh, like Russ used to say, like, you know, he'd get an email that had to go out to like a customer or something. And Fred didn't even know how to write. Like he couldn't even write like spell words properly. I see. So I'm like, so what was your job? Because pretty much just like rewriting all the emails from Fred. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. That must have been nice.
3: And those are usually the people that steal your money. Like yeah. your brother that you put in charge of, you know,
4: well, but just, Prince was
2: a strange guy. So the fact yeah. that he didn't have a will doesn't really surprise me. Like I'm surprised he didn't say, you know, his cousin Charles could just, you'd be in charge of the will. Yeah. You know, Charles just forgot because he was eating Cheetos and watching the Lakers or something. Um, but yeah, like, that. so what will be, what will, what will end up happening is now you're going to have a fight between Prince's half-siblings and his full-blood sibling, his sister, fighting over this, you know, Hundred million dollar estate. Hmm. They're not hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, there's like, if you think about how much money posthumously Prince will earn. Well, what does the law actually say? So Prince is worth five hundred million dollars, right? And so the majority of that is going to the state, right? But now they have to decide what about the money that hasn't been made yet hmm. that's going to be released throughout the years. I mean, it's kind of. It, it first made me think of like some other celebrities. Like, you remember when Screaming Jay Hawkins died? No. He died in two thousand. Okay. And uh, he had a mod I mean he had, I a, had a lot going estate. on in two
3: thousand. Well
2: I mean, he had a modest estate though. I mean that guy yeah. I put a spell on you was huge. Sure. And I'm sure there's rights yeah. to his music, but I don't think he had like as many hit songs as Prince. Mm. Um but when he died, there were like fifty seven illegitimate children that came forward to claim a piece of his estate. Ah, yes. I mean that man fucked a lot. Yeah. Whereas Prince didn't have that, but what Prince has is uh, surviving family members. Right. So mm. I don't know. Have to see what happens with that. Anyway, uh, people's episode 530 here is sick and wrong. Uh, coming up next is Fistful of Steel. Monthly check in with John Steele. And then after that, we have some phone calls. Before we get to that though, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey
1: kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code Diddle. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you.
5: That is absolute bull piss. Absolutely. My sperm was as potent as it got because I knocked up a broad who had a black baby. Absolutely.
1: Well, I'm inciting violence. Then somebody bring me up on charges because that is horse shit. That motherfucker goes into my. This is my realm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going back to the old school, back in the 50s and the 1940s when they used to use VD for venereal disease. Fuck the STDs, I still have VD. With
4: a fist full of steel.
1: No fucking way. I don't buy it, I don't believe it, and I think it's pure fabric. With
4: a fist full of steel.
2: steel. Hey, what's going on? How's tricks over there in, uh, in mid-Michigan?
5: Uh, the usual forty degrees, cloudy and rain in the middle
2: of May, or almost the start of May rather. Okay, so wait, you're not uh, you're not on a hot case today. You're
5: not a uh... no, unless you consider the toilet a hot case.
2: <laughs> well, it's good to have you back for another fistful of steel. Um, steel, I gotta say, it's like almost every time I talk to you and have you on the show, another uh, musician dies. Like another famous musician, I I don't remember who it was last week or last uh, last time we had you. It was Bowie,
5: wasn't it? And then yeah. Lemmy before. Uh,
2: it was Lemmy. It was Bowie. And then Merle Haggard died recently. And, and oh then, yeah,
5: Merle Haggard. And, and, and John, John Lennon week, got shot in nineteen
2: eighty. <laughs> and uh, this week, Prince, you know, Prince dies this past week.
5: Um, which yeah, I was bummed about. I couldn't avoid seeing about. I couldn't avoid hearing anything about it. Shit! Every time you fucking logged on Facebook or the news, that's all people were talking about. I, th- I think a lot of these people kind
2: of um, employ this tragedy just to, to 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 really show others how much of a, a fan they are of music or of uh, or well, of a particular musician.
5: Yeah, well, not even just musicians, actors, like anybody, any celebrity die, that dies. and it's people trying to out mourn each other. It's like, oh, I liked them more than you did, so here's my story about them. I'm, I was a bigger fan than you are, so they try to, like, out-fan each other, like, I'm, I, I like them more than you did, so, but, and it, then it becomes a competition.
2: And, and they all have to post their own you know, circumstantial stories where they, they happen to walk by Prince, or Prince used the toilet after they did, or Prince one time came up on stage and played with their band. It's just like all these people have their own Prince stories that they feel the need to share online with all the other friends of theirs that are mourning Prince. So they could be like, oh, wow, he's so cool because he knew Prince. But then I saw that you posted a Prince story and I was like, John Steele, seriously, Steele, <laughs> Steele like, yeah, has a Prince story. Like, was he <laughs> what was he doing? Was he, I, I figured it was something like you're masturbating to the song Little Red Corvette or something. But then I read uh, well, it. Well,
4: you,
5: you weren't too far <laughs> off. I mean, you were kind of on the right track, but not really, but sort of in the same ballpark. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Most close. people post oh, a bunch of sentimental stuff, and it's always, like, inspirational about how this celebrity affected their life. Yeah, but, but I really did have a Prince story from my adolescence, like back in junior high.
2: But that was kind of influential in your life. I think it was a bit of a turning point for you. No,
5: um, exactly. Well, it may have set. You know, I look back on my life and figure out where. You know, if I'm, if somebody said, "Steve, look back on your life and try to figure out where things went awry. When did it go off the tracks?" And quite frankly, this might have been what set the train in motion to go the the wrong way instead of the right way. I I, I really
2: do think it might have been the genesis of a lot of your uh, future problems in life. Um, and yeah, people, I couldn't agree more. People, you should. I don't. We don't want to go through the whole story because it's really long. But it's it's definitely worth reading, and it's on Steele's Facebook page. You go to his Facebook page, scroll through it, and you'll see his story, um, which concerns the song Erotic City by Prince, which actually is not a Prince song. It's a uh, Parliament song that he covered. Oh, is
5: it really? Oh, okay. I see. I don't know who who originated. I I know when when I was first, uh, you know, came aware of the song Erotic City, it was being done by Prince. I didn't know who wrote it or, you know, if it was a cover song or whatever, but it It was was, Prince's... It was a huge hit. Yeah.
2: yeah, it was a huge hit for Prince, though. So I'm I'm assuming a lot of people are like, Parliament who? Because they hear, but it, But Prince's version of Erotic City is amazing. It's an incredible song. But um, it's funny that you listened to that song at, what, what were you in, like, 6th, se- 7th grade?
5: Uh, I was in, all I know is I was in junior high, maybe 7th grade, which was, junior high was like 6th to 8th grade. So I think it was like somewhere in the middle, like 7th grade is when that, that song by Prince was released, when he did his version of it.
2: Unless you're particularly a precocious student or or kid, very well read, which I'm assuming maybe maybe you you weren't, Um, I don't know how you would know what that song's about.
5: Well, I, I didn't. I mean I you know, I mean I I had no idea what it was about, but I was about to find out what it was about because uh, my friends and I were we weren't we weren't like bad kids, we weren't like delinquents that were in the juvenile hall or anything like that, getting arrested for crimes, but we were smart ass class clowns, we were always looking for a cheap laugh, so a lot of us spent a lot of time kicked out of class, in the office, detention, that type of shit. So they lumped us into this group, a whole bunch of us, I don't know, there was maybe Eight, nine, ten of us into this group for like at risk youth that met with the guidance counselor, which guidance counselors in school are the most useless fucking positions on the planet. <laughs> but he was like the leader of the group, and we got into this group. And for one, one session, we go in there, and just for no reason, he pulls out his record player because back then, shit was on, you know, it was on record and vinyl. And, and, and things were released on singles, like 45, so there's just one song in each side. And he pops on the song Erotic City from Prince, and it plays about halfway through, and then he looks at us and goes, uh. Do you boys know what the song is about? And we're all kind of looking at each other. like We all kind of knew it had some kind of sexual innuendos to it, but you know, we didn't know any great detail about it. And I still haven't confirmed if what he was telling us is true or not because I've never listened to the lyrics that closely. But he said it's about masturbation. And we're like, oh, okay. And he, and we're looking around. And, you know, this was back before the advent of the what I call the masturbatory revolution where, where masturbating and jerking off became somewhat socially acceptable, like before you know, Dice like kind of popularized yeah, yeah. So, for, so people would admit it. This was long before that, and plus we were at that awkward, teen, you know, tween kind of, not really a teenager, tween age, where we were really uncomfortable talking about our self-gratification amongst one another. So we all denied that we even, you know, we knew what masturbation was, but we denied doing it. And then he goes more specifically, it's about autoerotic asphyxiation, which is like where you you, you choke, choke yourself your when choke
2: you, Yeah when you masturbate How would you Like I would never Have even been able To conceive of that At that time In 6th grade so I had no idea Yeah, I had no idea what it
5: was. He he had to explain it to us, you know. When he said all the erratic, we're all looking at each other like, what the fuck is he talking about? And he's like, he goes into great detail about what it means. It's like you're sexually gratifying yourself, and you choke yourself a little bit to cut off the air supply so you have more of an intensified orgasm. And we're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? (laughs) And then he's like, then there's a pause, and then really creepily it's like, so tell me, do any any of you boys masturbate? And we're all like... (laughs) We're really like looking at each other, like "What the fuck?" And of course, we all denied it because we, we, like I said, this was before masturbating was cool, or there were people admitting it and so we're all like fuck no what are you talking about mastermate we don't need to (laughs) go. when when in fact every one of us in the room were jerking off at least four times a day I I mean I was humping pillows I was fucking the bottom of the bat I was fucking rubbing my dick against anything with friction at that point
2: it's still a weird question to be posed though from an adult you know just just to hear that like so do you boys masturbate I don't even know what I would do I, I would definitely start laughing
5: well, we of course we had that awkward, uncomfortable giggle. Like we were, you know, the, the laughter was to kind of try to subdue the uncomfortableness <laughs> the that started upon yeah. the room. Yeah, it was very, very, crazy. and we we so we kind of giggled it off and. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it's certainly inappropriate for an adult to ask a, a kid that, especially fucking that junior high age kid, which is, you know, the so, like, impressionable and there's, like, such weird shit going on in your mind and body at that point. It's, it's just totally out of bounds for a teacher or a guidance counselor, anybody, an authority uh, figure at a school system to be asking kids that question and talking about that pop.
2: Yeah, but this explains so much about you, Steele. He really does. So did, yeah. he, did he teach you any techniques that you still use to this day?
5: Well, other than putting the uh, taking the belt around my neck, no. I was already jerking off. But yeah, the, it did come in handy to learn that you can intensify your orgasm with a belt around your neck. The funny thing is, is looking back, you know, I don't think any of us thought that he was... You know, I don't we kinda of all laughed about it. We've always kinda of brought it up occasionally over the years, like but I think looking back on it, obviously I think he was maybe trying to groom us to maybe masturbate in front of him or or, you know, indulge him in his interest of autoerotic affixation and maybe getting involved in some sort of group circle jerk. I don't I was know what his intentions jerk. were. Yeah. I was, but yeah. I have I have to think there was some motive. And that he had other intentions in mind than where it ended. And I kind of, in retrospect, feel a little bad about it because we didn't really indulge him in sharing his interest. He had great enthusiasm about this topic, and none of us really participated. We kind of just kind of blew it off. And then we went to summer break a week later, and I often look back and think, you know, it wouldn't have hurt us to just maybe masturbate in front of him. I mean, it, it, it's well, not at least really that you can much. Do yeah it's really not that much of him to ask of us I mean the fucking, so you whip it out and you jerk off for five minutes who gives a shit let him fucking <laughs> let him get his kicks off then. who gives a shit you're and, so terrible so, yeah I mean
2: you really and, care about and, and view, we should have been more Was that you're compassionate about your fellow men
5: Exactly, and we could have you know, in retrospect, we should have been more appreciative about what he was maybe alluding to, because I'll tell you what, that Gordy, our resident fucking child rapist in the Garber school system, he didn't give me a second look, so I should have been appreciative that my guidance counselor at least was thinking about wanting to see me jerk off in front of him.
2: <laughs> so how many kids do you think in that room, boys in, this, in the room at that, that time, eventually, tried out the erotic asphyxiation
5: technique uh nine out of (laughs) ten and the only reason i don't say ten out of ten is because i think the other kid uh died like within a year unless he tried it within the next you know 365 days i think he died like a year later so i don't know if he ever got a chance to get around and he didn't die of autoerotic fixation so you know um so he didn't die of that matter, he just died, I don't remember what he died of, I think it was a car accident or something like that. So he never, I don't think, got around to doing it, but I can imagine all the rest of the nine of us that were left have certainly at least attempted it to some degree or another. I don't know if we've taken it to the limit, but you know, I, I you know, he was way, the other thing is this guidance counselor was way out of his time. It was long before Michael Hutchins, it was yeah. long before and David Carradine. Carradine. Yeah, David Carradine hung himself in France by doing it. So, I mean, this guy was a, a pioneer when it comes to the masturbatory arts, and I don't think he gets enough credit for it. And that's why I kind of put the story out there to kind of apologize to him for not, you know, maybe giving, you know, not gratifying engaging. him. Yeah. yeah. And then to maybe just give him props for, hey, you're way ahead of your time. You were, you were a fucking revolutionist when it comes to this. They a revolutionary when it comes to this type of behavior.
2: Well, I'm, it's good to know that, the, uh, that when you hear the song Erotic City, you think of your guidance counselor teaching you about how to uh, masturbate properly. It's good. Um, yeah. Seal, okay, we have a few rants to get to. Uh, the, the first rant here is a topical rant about the, the restroom situation at the Target. Apparently Target has now allowed um, uh, trans people to choose which restroom they feel comfortable using, right?
5: Yeah, and and actually, I think it's a pretty broad policy. I think it's basically it's very progressive. Uh, yeah, very progressive. Kind of almost insinuating that now all bathrooms are more or less unisex. Whoever you know wants to use them at any given time. Hmm.
1: Well, let's see what you have to say about it. Oh boy, here we go. I see Target has just changed its bathroom policy to appease the trannies, and predictably, of course, everyone who opposes the new policy just went ape shit and started a boycott. Since when did deciding where to shit, become more time-consuming, and require more paperwork than obtaining a mortgage. (laughs) Welcome to 2016, everybody. Regardless of what side you're on, it begs the question, why are there public restrooms at Target? Look, who needs to go piss or take a shit while buying a crockpot, a pillow, or a greeting card? Look, if you're one of these assholes who constantly needs to piss or shit every time you stroll through a department store, then perhaps you shouldn't be shopping or out in public in the first place. That's right, you need to learn learn to buy your lawn furniture and groceries between shits you don't need to be worked up over public toilets no what you need is a life coach anyway i plan on taking full advantage of this new policy so get ready ladies because i'm on my way to target to use your restrooms so that i can watch you shit and stare at your cunts that's right you heard me i sure hope target doesn't have a bathroom policy against me using my cell phone camera so smile and spread your legs ladies i'll be periscoping that's right, you sitting on the toilet freeing the slaves is about to go viral. Perhaps this whole gender-fluid tranny bathroom thing could be fun. Hopefully one day I can use a stand-up urinal next to Chaz Bono so that I can tell him just how much I used to jerk off to one of his parents. No, not the one that skied into a tree, the other one. You know, the one who used to be Rocky Dennis's mom. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Well, after hearing both sides argue back and forth over the last week, I have finally come to a solution about this whole tranny restroom debate. Let's just pass a law for a year that says trannies can't use any restrooms at all. Let's just make them have to shit themselves. This way we can see who the real dedicated trannies are, as opposed to those posers who are just gender-questioning, binary, non-conforming. If we see a dude wearing a dress walking around with a pile of shit in his panties, well, then we know that this asshole is in this anything thing for the long haul, but some fruit who is just questioning his gender on any given day will learn to make up his mind real quick before he shits his pants at a Starbucks. Look, this is the only way we can have peace of mind that the cross-dressers who will be entering the ladies' rooms aren't rapists and pedophiles who want to fuck your wives and daughters. This should appease both sides. Sound fair awesome great talk people look you can't ever accuse me of not being an ally of the lgbtq community i'm building bridges between cisgender transphobes and those shemale drag queens one facebook post at a time frankly i'm like the lgbtq martin luther king you know Steele, you are a lot like the uh, martin luther
2: king of the lesbian gay and uh, trans community I like to fix, so. oh yeah, thank you Except you're staging shit in protests Not sit in, you know, protests
5: Exactly
2: <laughs> I do kind of like that, uh, that That Your policy though It's like if you want to, you know If you're not going to let me use the bathroom I'm just going to shit myself And it's going to be unpleasant for all those around me
5: <laughs> You know It's I unpleasant that. for me as well I've smelled my own shit, it isn't a pretty smell
2: I just it just it's funny to me because you bring this up. It's just funny to me that one of their the Republican straw man arguments that they use is that these cross dressers, these trans folk are going to come in there and rape our children because that's exactly (laughs) what trans people want to do. They want to go to the bathroom and just so they can hide out in there and
5: then fuck your children. Right. The, the jumps that they make and believe me I'm fucking not sticking up for the trans community at all because last I heard we're up to 195 genders and I can't keep track anymore they're making them up they're, they're basically making them up out of their ass now they're fucking everybody there's a new gender name every time I turn on the fucking uh, computer but so I'm not sticking up for them in any regards but yeah it's such a, a hilarious and amusing jump that people make that are against the trans uh, bathroom issue by saying yeah oh they're tranny so they gotta be rapists and pedophiles and the There's no rapists or pedophiles that are just normal heterosexual people that are you know aren't (laughs) in dresses or whatever. Yeah, no rapes or pedophilia ever occurs by just a heterosexual non trans person.
2: And definitely not someone who could, you know, work for the uh, the Catholic Church. They would never rape somebody.
5: Yeah, Boy Scout leaders, they've never Uh, fucked a boy in the ass in the entire history of the Boy Scouts, yeah. I mean it's and
2: it's just funny to me that, that, that this is the way, that, that this is the reason why they don't think transgender people should be able to use a female restroom, is because they're just going to hide out in one of the stalls waiting for your children to use the right re- You know, to walk in there yeah, unsuspectingly. Don't. Next thing you know, Tranny jumps on them like Predator.
5: Yeah, they're 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 always lying and wait, which is you know it's it's a ridiculous like I just argue it on the, the face value of it because it's ridiculous, it's absurd. We're not going to fucking buy into all this fucking warm and fuzzy PC bullshit every fucking two years because everybody has a new grievance all the fucking. Time. Just, fucking it on that fucking thing. You don't have to fucking make this fucking ridiculous, although as much as I love and find it hilarious, you don't have to make that jump that they're all pedophiles and, and, and rapists. But the other fucking funny thing is is whenever they talk about the trans issue, they're always talking about guys getting in dresses going in the fucking ladies' room where they don't want their wives or their daughters raped or molested, but they don't give a shit about their sons. Like You, you, you can have, send any molester or fucking pedophile into the, the boys' bathroom, Let and fuck the shit out of your sons, but God damn it, don't go in the fucking ladies' room and fuck our daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time
2: I ever saw a trans person using a urinal. It was in uh, Chicago. I was visiting my brother back, I don't know, with us. So this was the early 90s because I was still in high school. But we went to, uh, I think we were trying to go get some drugs. And so we went to this bar called Foxy's that my brother used to hang out at. And this chick comes in that he knew, this chick named Reagan. And he starts talking to her. And she wasn't, she was not very attractive. She just this busted woman with like a shitty wig right. and like, like bad makeup. And just, she looked like my a child. Right there. <laughs> I didn't know, though. I just thought it was a really ugly woman. I didn't, didn't even occur to me. I mean, I'm from Michigan. I, how am I supposed to know this? Right. And so right. I'm sitting there, we're, we're waiting, and then uh, I think my brother ended up getting some drugs from her or whatever. And so I go to use the restroom at this Foxy's. And then uh, right after I'm using the urinal, like I start using the urinal, that, that trans, uh, the trans person my brother's talking to walks in and uh, just hikes up her skirt, pulls her dick out, and starts using the urinal next to me. And I was just like, Oh my God! What is going on here? World mind blowing. You know, I just had no idea. Like then, then the, the whole the whole world of uh, the you know transgenders opened up to me, and now I'm thinking, I actually really do like transgendered people. I think they make life more interesting I, I, for everybody.
5: I think they're fantastic. I don't, because, I mean, nowadays, I mean, they fucking can build themselves, you know, from the ground up. So some of them can actually be passable and good. I mean, I'm much more appreciative of the tranny that's got the five o'clock shadow. They look like shit. Like, I, I <laughs> that's can appreciate a look that like. cause then you're. Yeah, you're going, oh, you're going, look, I'm a tranny, I got a dress on, fuck yourself. But when you're trying to be overly passable, so people, you know, because there are, there's a couple trannies that are pretty fucking The only reason, there's one tranny that's on my Facebook that's really fucking hot, and I didn't even know she was a tranny at first, but she's a tranny, she's really hot, and I would consider, I would actually consider fucking this tranny if it wasn't for the fact that I'd be embarrassed that my dick's probably smaller than hers.
2: Yeah, I'm sure she'd consider fucking you, though.
5: Yeah, and I mean, it's like, you know, she's probably more awkward. She probably more, her dick probably operates better than mine. I got a fucking fluff mine for 25 minutes you even get it semi-erect. She can probably get a hard-on on the fucking drop of a dime. It'd be very embarrassing and awkward situation. Not really would I walk away from it going, you know, I just fucked a broad that has a cock, that would be awkward. But then to walk away from it and go, I just fucked a broad that has a cock, and her cock is 10 times bigger than mine, it actually fucking works. <laughs> in yeah, closing embarrassing.
2: in closing I think uh, you're know, good for you target good on you like let the, let, the, let the transgendered folk take a shit where they want to that's what I say
5: um, and again people why don't you just take your shit at the house before you even go like, to fucking go shopping how about we just get that out of the way first and then you can go do your shopping then we don't have to worry about it
2: or how about care about something that actually matters yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's a lot of other issues that matter i don't know but quite a bit more than which bathroom a transgendered person wants to use
5: exactly
2: the next rant here is about something called a buddy bench
1: First, colleges gave students safe spaces to protect kids from <clears throat> words. And now K-12 through schools have come out with the buddy bench, where lonely kids can sit in the hopes of making new friends. Remember when kids didn't need a bench to make friends? Preps hung out with preps, jocks hung out with jocks, nerds hung out with nerds, hot chicks hung out with hot chicks, and everybody hung out with the token black kid, the retard, and the foreign exchange student, who was either Chinese or Japanese or, well, possibly Korean. You know the one, nobody really knew his name or where the fuck he was from, but everyone just knew him as that little yellow fucker who's good at math and smells like egg rolls. It didn't matter if you were a honky, a porch monkey, a spick, a chink, a money-grubbing kike, a camel jockey, a slut, a turd burglar, a slot racer, or a drag queen. You knew exactly where you fit in on the social pecking order, and you didn't whine about it. Kids knew their strengths and weaknesses. For example, jocks were busy playing sports and chasing pussy, while the nerds were busy playing Dungeons and Dragons and getting bullied by their little sisters. Friendships occurred as part of natural law. There wasn't some fucking faggy special bench that magically formed friendships out of thin air. It was easy. If you sucked at sports, you hung out with other kids who sucked at sports. If you were a broad who liked to mouth-hug a dick, you hung out with other broads who liked to mouth-hug a dick. And if you were a boy who liked to wear his mom's pantyhose, you hung out with the other boy who liked to wear his mom's pantyhose. And, well, if there wasn't another boy at school who liked to wear his mom's Pantyhose, well, then you just hung out with the fags, the geeks, the special eds, or the fat chicks. Somewhere, some group would eventually take your weirdo ass in and treat you as if you were one of their own, no matter how much of a fuck up you actually were. Sure, sometimes a group would take you in just to, well, just to make fun of you, but they took you in nonetheless and you were appreciative of their acceptance. You never had to sit down like a dunce on some loser bench near the monkey bars during recess, wishing that some Someone would take the time out of their dodgeball game to come over and throw you a sympathy fuck. You think you're the only one with low self-esteem? If you think your self-esteem is low now, wait until you little bastards get to be my age. I've had 40-odd years of failures, shortcomings, and disappointments. For fuck's sakes, my only ounce of joy is doing this shitty segment on this shitty podcast once a month. But you don't see me sitting on a buddy bench, do you? If anyone could use a buddy, it's me. So listen here, you little fairies. Fuck that pansy little bench of yours. Get out on that playground and be socially awkward, just like every single kid who ever came before you. Because frankly, you've already peaked. Life is only going to be downhill from here. P.S. Yes, I'm available for motivational speeches and bar mitzvahs. (laughs)
2: so steel at, at your age right now as an adult is your buddy bench basically the front row at the deja vu strip club the erection section
5: uh, no, see, that's amateur hour to me See, I do have enough self-esteem not to put myself, and I got very low self-esteem, let's not be uh, let's not try to pass this off, but I don't have low self-esteem, but my self-esteem I, I can't get on that erection section at the fucking uh, nudie bar anymore, I, I I like to sit in the back of the nudie bar, where like the creepy serial killers, and that's where the serial killers like lurk, that's where I am like day shift, 2 o'clock p.m. in the middle of the nudie bar, in the back of a nudie bar where it's dark and very dimly lit,
2: just in the in the shadows. You're just saying they're lurking.
5: Exactly then lurking that's... and ogling. <laughs> so put
2: my hands together. This this whole buddy bench thing to me is very amusing. First of all, I would think that the, the kids that, yeah, have some kind of uh, social anxiety or or low self-esteem would hang out at the buddy bench, thus making them prime targets for child molesters like uh, Gordy P. So do you think Mr. McGalky would have just kind of loitered around the buddy bench seeing who sat down?
5: Well, yeah, because obviously, if you're a pedo, you usually go after the kid that's got like low self-esteem, low self-worth as a self-worther. No that's yeah, that's the one you target because they want. Well, yeah, they don't have any friends, so there's not. They're never going to have any witnesses around because nobody wants to hang out with them. So they're always by themselves. So they're easy target there to get them into your fucking panel van uh, <laughs> from the playground. So that's always an easy target. Plus, they know that they're just mentally weak. These kids don't. They're so awkward and they can't function around others that they just they're. They're easily impressionable, so they can go up to them and tell them, "Hey, I got a fucking birthday cake in my van. Why don't you hop in the back? <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, there's a bed in the back of the van too. Why don't you take your shirt off and lay on the fucking bed? Yeah, it's 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 terrible in that regard. It's it's very uh, it's gonna really suit itself towards the predators." I just don't see
2: what kid is going to uh, sit down on that buddy bench I mean seriously it's like the stigma attached to the buddy bench that by sitting down on the buddy bench you're basically telling the world I don't know how to make friends who wants to be yeah. friends with this kid <laughs>
5: Well, I mean that's the thing. I mean now you're also. I mean you don't think you sitting on the buddy bench is going to get you bullied more than you maybe are already bullied. I mean you're going to get bullied more if we're sitting on the buddy bench. You're going to get in class after recess, and everybody in class is going to go, look at the flag. You were sitting on the buddy bench at recess. You know, I mean everybody's going to point it out. You're going to be that kid who's sitting on the buddy bench who nobody wants to be around. And let's take stock in yourself if you're sitting on the buddy bench. Maybe it's a you problem and not a them problem. Maybe you're. So such a dick and such a little asshole prick that nobody wants to hang out with you for good reason. You know, let's, let's get off this thing that sometimes when kids don't have friends is because everybody else is an asshole or a bully. Sure, that happens. There's a lot of dickheads out there that are assholes or bullies. But let's say, you know, let's maybe look at the common denominator when you don't have friends. You know, everybody is it always everybody else's fault or maybe are you the fucking problem?
2: And then furthermore, what happens when this kid finally, like, you know, realizes I don't have any friends? I, You know, I haven't talked to a kid on the playground in like three weeks. I'm going to just give up. I'm going to sit down on the buddy bench. And then during that entire hour of recess, no one sits down next to him. He's just sitting there alone at an empty buddy bench. To me. That's what inspires, you know, a future serial killer, a supervillain or a Columbine. You know, it's the kid sitting by himself for an hour at the buddy bench while everybody laughs at him.
5: Well, if you're on an empty buddy bench for sixty minutes, it yeah, it ain't gonna help your boost help boost your self esteem. I mean it's probably just gonna make it lower and like if you do this every day for a week, you sit on the buddy bench for an hour at fucking lunchtime or recess or whatever, and for a whole fucking week nobody wants to sit up and buddy up next to you and become your friend or your buddy. Yeah, you're you're probably your self esteem is probably gone from what is already at the lowest point it can possibly be to beyond that. That type of kid might go home later that night and commit fucking auto erotic asphyxiation to erotic city and not know when to loosen the belt
2: exactly I, I think the buddy bench personally does more harm uh, than good and it's, and it's the idea you know I can totally tell how this happened like some parent teacher conference some helicopter parent is upset because no one likes her shitty kid so now she's like yeah. we need a bench a buddy bench where everybody can sit down and be friends with my shitty kid And it hurt that shitty kid's a product of her shitty parenting.
5: Exactly, it goes hand in hand, I mean, it's, it's all part of this fucking culture that we have now with the participation trophies, not for the winners, but just because you showed up to a practice, you get a fucking trophy, and it, it goes with the universities and the safe spaces and all this other bullshit, so yeah, it, it all falls right in the line with that same theory and methods that you see happening in all types of uh, parts of our society these days, so it's not, it doesn't surprise me, it's just I'm actually quite a uh, shock that it took so long for the Buddy Bench to actually come to the, Forefront.
2: yeah i'm surprised all right we have uh time for one more uh, apparently steel has a story about a weave i'm assuming that this this story is
1: not racist whatsoever It's well documented that I am one horrible lay. I have rarely ever fucked the shit out of a broad. I usually just dip my half-flaccid wet noodle into an orifice and wiggle it around a little bit in the hopes that eventually it hits something important. But I once doggied a black stripper and her weave popped right off the top of her head. Naturally, I thought her weave flew off because I was giving it to her good. You know, really pounding her big black pussy. Unfortunately for me... It turned out that her weave came off because her hairdresser sister didn't know how to properly install a weave. In fact, her sister was legally blind, and by legally blind, I mean that she couldn't see shit. So I'm pretty sure she wasn't qualified to do hair. Remember, ladies, Only get your weaves installed by a licensed professional, not by your 25-year-old sister who wears sunglasses and has a seeing eye dog. Blind black people might be able to play a piano or hand out muffins at a church bazaar, but they should never be within 500 yards of your weave installation. That's why Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles became musicians, not beauticians. (laughs) Musicians, not
2: beauticians. A there, you know? That's a good slogan in there, you know. It's a good slogan. So, Steele, what did you do when the weave came off? Did you put it on your hair and start talking like a <laughs> character from the Sanford Sun show?
5: <laughs> well, let's just say hey, good I times Oh, fuck, yeah, no shit. Uh, let's just say I started laughing, like, <laughs> trying, but not trying, like, just subtly, because I didn't want to fuck up the moment, because I was already, this was only about two minutes in, I was already ready to come, you know, two minutes, I've already gone over a minute and a half over what I usually do, so uh, I didn't want to ruin the moment enough to fucking let my erection go down and fucking, you know, I gotta get this shit over with, I got shit to do, I gotta get out of this fucking Section 8 housing before the end of the night. <laughs> so, uh, I I like, I, I tried to like act like I didn't see it. She she kind of stopped and paused because she knew it kind of came off her head. I guess I, they can feel it because I think it's actually we supposed to be weaved right into their afro. And she knew it popped off her head. She she fucking looked with this look, kind of looked back at me in in astonishment because I, I could see her face because it was even though it was uh, she's black. There was a little candlelight on over in the corner which lit up the room enough where I could see her eyes and teeth when she turned around after the weave popped up. And it was a look of like astonishment, like oh fuck, my weave just popped off. But I just ignored it and just looked down with a smile, kept going, blew my load, and then fucking pulled out and, and uh, went to the bathroom immediately to take a piss, uh, to piss out the sickle cell anemia that I probably just got. But uh, and then I, the whole time in the bathroom, I shut the door and I'm just like, I'm like, oh my god, is her fucking weave. Cause she looked like she, she fucking she had any hair at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so was man. the weave
2: stuck to your body? Like did, uh, or did or was the weave on the floor? Did you just kind of
5: like shake it off on the floor? It flew off on the floor because I was fucking her doggy on the couch, uh, and. Uh so she was like I, you know she wasn't facing me at the time so when I was fucking her from behind it popped off her head and flew forward off the couch onto the floor so it wasn't it would have been way funnier if she would have been on top and it fell on me that would have been fantastic <laughs> unfortunately my story you know isn't that I should have maybe tried to take some creative liberties and tried to write that in but no I was doing her doggy and that popped right off her head like a fucking just like a weasel you know puck goes a weasel type of thing is the only thing I should think of.
2: <laughs> so wait so, so Sia was this woman the, uh, the mother of your child, the uh, black child that you had a few years back? You
5: no, know, the black child that I had, if you recall, <laughs> that, that was a white girlfriend that I was dating at the time who miraculously, you can talk about Jesus being a miracle birth, but no, miraculously, she popped out a black baby while we were dating, which is odd because I'm white and she's white, so that's the real miracle birth. <laughs> no, that was, that was a totally different brought altogether. I, I don't quite it, recall. No
2: circumstances, just, I don't remember which... Uh, which holiday episode that was but I remember you speaking in detail about the the miracle birth of your child and there was some really uh, melancholic music in the background that fit the mood people you can go check it out I don't know it was a few years ago like probably two or three years ago but it was one of my favorite holiday shows
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. It was definitely around the Christmas special when it happened because I know that, you know, we were talking about the baby Jesus and I said, well, I got one that can top that miracle birth.
2: Yeah. And then Uh, then we segued into the story of uh, your, the true miracle birth of your black child, which is a very touching, emotional story for you. And you went into detail. I felt a lot like Barbara Walters pulling the story out of you. Um, I feel like Barbara Walters all the time, though. So it's not, you know, not that unordinary. Um, Anyway, Uh, Steele. Thanks for being on the show for another installment of Fistful of Steel. Uh, we'll we'll have yeah, you back. We'll have you back in a few weeks. So until then, uh, take it sleazy, man.
5: Absolutely. Hey, second wrong listeners, this is Trucker Paul. I gotta tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack off machines, dildo's, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word fiddle. D-I-D-D-L-E, and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do you flick my ball? I put a spell on you.
2: So we got a few phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Remember, people, keep it under three minutes. We've been getting a lot of good calls, really good calls, fascinating mm-hmm. uh, stories. But they're like three minutes and 38 seconds or four minutes and 25 seconds. Harrison does not have time for that. He's <sighs> yeah. a busy man. Money's time. Yeah, man. I'm playing Bloodborne. Yeah, <laughs> Bloodborne. He's got to get back to Bloodborne. Yeah. Uh, but we did get some good calls this week. Uh, the first one here is a story about a hooker. Okay.
6: Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Alex. I just want to tell you all a story. I'm a long-time listener. I've been listening since I was about fucking 12 years old. Um, So, or no, 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 not 12. You've been doing it for nine years, fucking, uh, fucking. I've been listening since I was about 14. So, All right. Um, I'm, I'm a little drunk. I want to tell you all a story. I was uh, at an air force base with my friend, and my friend is in the air force. We shall call him Tweed. So Tweed, Tweed wanted to get a hooker. Tweed was horny.
2: Tweed. Tweed. The Tweed. Yeah, or twee. tweed. tweed? Tweed. Let's go with Tweed. Tweed. All right. Like tweed, one wanted tweed. A hooker that the hooker at the airport, the air force base.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you'd call yourself Tweed. Unless yeah. you're, like, a Wes Anderson character,
6: you know? Tweed wanted to fuck. Tweed asked me, do you know when you fuck in the area, I'm just like, dang, coming to an airport state. Tweed goes to Redbook. Tweed finds a hooker. Tweed is just like, do you come to an airport?
2: Isn't that the magazine that my mom used to read? Yeah, I was about to say Redbook. Redbook. Yeah, isn't Redbook the, uh, published by Hearst? It's like a magazine yeah, for, think, like, women in their yeah. 40s yeah, or 50s. Is there another Redbook that says a directory of hookers? The whore book. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. The hooker book. Yeah. Hmm. I, I need to find this mythical red book. Right.
3: So you can read about how black guys aren't welcome, which is apparently the thing with prostitutes.
2: They don't like black guys? Yeah. They, I've, they, know, I've so heard it. that before. Yeah. I've, I've, we've You've heard co- it before
3: because I've said it on the show before.
2: You've said it on the show, but you also know. I've heard it. I've, I've, you know, we've had some hookers on the show before and they said black guys tend to haggle about the with the price and mm. also last too long.
3: Uh, yeah, that's what a friend of mine said too. Their last tool. May or may not be a yeah. prostitute. Horse face? Horseface? Did I
6: Alright The hooker hangs up. Tweet finds a new hooker. And uh Tweet Tweed goes to this hooker along with along with uh, Jay, another another uh, person who was there.
2: Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm having trouble following this narrative. Yeah, there's so but, okay, weirdly the char- placed dramatic pauses. The, the characters we're mm-hmm. dealing with here are Tweed, yeah. who wanted a hooker, and Jay, Jay, who also wanted to partake in the hooker. Yeah, where does Horseface fit into this? Or that's mis- that's that? the character that uh, is throwing me okay. for a, <laughs> a loop here. Horseface was sure. Horseface the hooker?
3: I think. Hor- well, I don't. know. Let's 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 hear this. Let's see. Where this is
6: going? I right, just talking to my friend. Um, so they go to the hooker. Hooker apparently fucking—they were gone for about four hours. Hooker apparently throws up on dude's dick, and then hmm. dude just like, you know what?
3: Like gagged. Like she was blowing him, and then just and just, and just puked on him. That's man. like a rookie mistake right there. Yeah, you'd think a hooker'd be used to that. You'd think horse face detailing. could handle that shit, but I guess not.
6: He just threw up on my dick. I'm just gonna do my business and get out of here. He pumps takes 13 minutes. Pay for an hour, fucking leaves. And then the kicker. Jay was next. <laughs> I right, guys, I just wanted to Oof. tell you that story. <laughs>
3: That's like how a creepy doll laughs. You yeah, know? wow. That was uh, very it was very sudden
4: doll.
3: laughter. I wasn't expecting oh. that, that laughter. They oh caught me God. off guard. My soul just tried to escape my body after hearing that laugh. Oh, my God. It was God. maniacal, though. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah
2: God. It was just, uh, I didn't even expect that. So, so his buddy has, has to go have sex with a hooker after she had puked on the other guy's dick. <sighs> I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean... Because he's probably not going to puke again. She already got it out. I guess so. But, I mean, he, he got
3: his dick puked on, and then he just jerked it out. Or something? No, he sounds like he finished with her. A... I mean, what, I don't know, whatever. Getting dude, warm, sick on my junk
2: puts me in a different kind of mood. You know. <laughs> but have you ever have you ever had that a Roman shower? No. You've never girls never puked on your uh, your dick. No. Some girls are into that. I remember I went on a date with a girl I met from Okie Cube yeah. a few years ago, and her whole thing was she liked to be deep throated till she puked mm. all over your dick, and then jerked your dick off into her mouth using the puke as lube. So you did this? I know I never never ended up hooking up with her, mm. but she told me she was telling me this like yeah. that was her thing, mm. and she was she looked like such a she's kind of gothic, but she looked like a librarian, like a substitute teacher, sure, very benign. Mm. And I was like, "Wow, this is interesting. I can't believe you're into that type of sexual activity." I'd do it
3: just for the story.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I'd, in a second, it,
3: it, it doesn't interest me, but just to just to have the story, I'd do it. Sure.
2: But th- this sounds accidental. Like she, yeah, you know, I think accidentally accidental. puked on him, and then. But so if if you're with a hooker and you paid for an hour and she accidentally pukes on you, are you just gonna wipe up and then finish, you know, finish your business? Actually, you know what? If I paid good money, I don't know. I would. I'm because, Jewish. Yeah. I, mean, it's like I want to get my money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then I'm going to haggle up with her afterwards. Right. You know, I'm probably going to... Oh,
3: you you've you vomited on my fingers. I penis. get just sick all yeah. over
2: my pants. You know how much the dry cleaning is going to cost? Yeah. God, what am I going to tell my wife? Yeah. Dirty, you know, the, 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 the sheet with a hole in it now. Yeah. It's all filthy. I got to wash it. Um, thank you for your hooker story. Um, I think you can work on your delivery a little bit better. I don't want to be too critical, but... It was hard to follow that story. It's a meandering narrative. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like a Lars von Trier movie.
3: Yeah, very much so. Very, okay, very
2: Dogma ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> next, uh, next call is from uh, a frequent contributor here, the Scoutmaster. Scoutmaster, the Scoutmaster.
7: All right. A D Harrison. The retarded scoutmaster losing <laughs> another...
2: Uh, I like how I just called him scoutmaster. Yeah. But he refers to himself as yeah. the retarded scoutmaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was
7: listening to 468 and...
3: Episode 468. I'm sure you remember 468. Do you <laughs> remember that God,
7: one? That, that was one of my that favorite episodes. Yeah. It, uh, some podcast about... Wackerly and how he had, like, a Super Bowl party or something or other. And nobody
2: showed up. (laughs) Uh, What party? A Super Bowl party? No, a Super Bowl party. Oh, okay. This this is something that... uh, There's a lawsuit. This wasn't just from episode 468. This is, like, I brought this up every single year because it was my favorite Super Bowl party I've ever been to. Hmm. Uh, Wackerly had a Super Bowl party at his house his apartment, and he got all this food. I mean, it was like a table full of food. And the only person that showed up was me. Yeah. Everybody else flaked on him. And so it was just the saddest, most dismal Super Bowl party I've ever been Did to. Did he but have was, some kind of Christmas Carol moment about it, or no? He, he was obviously bummed about it. Right. Just because he was, you know, he sent out the Evite, invited all these people, <laughs> and like there were supposed to be like 20 people yeah. that were showing up, and the only person that cared to come over was me. Right. And then we sat there, and it's like we had all this beer. And I remember I tried calling a few people to come over, and I got my girlfriend to come over, and it was just the three of us, sadly, just sitting there watching this this game. I don't even remember who played. But anyway, um, every single year when the Super Bowl come up again, I'd ask him, like, are you going to have another party? Yeah. Because it was a great party. So mm-hmm. this guy is obviously taking delight, schadenfreude going on here. Uh-huh.
7: Anyway, uh, you guys were talking about, like, a serial pooper or something. Uh, I don't remember the context, but you said serial pooper, D, and it reminded me of a uh, a serial pooper at the summer camp that I worked at. Uh, Here we go. Uh, my second year I worked there, all of a sudden poops started showing up in
2: places, like in <laughs> Surprise! places where we would teach campers on. Kids are disgusting.
4: They really are.
2: <laughs> I mean they it that's the thing, it's yeah. like one of those kids probably it's too early for you know, to to have a fetish about shit. Like right. he's probably not a scat freak yet. No. But this is the genesis though. Right. It's so like the you know, it's the lowest form of comedy. So mm-hmm. they they love it. And like
7: a picnic table or like in a fire pit or in a broom closet. You know, okay. all kinds of places like that. So, we mysteriously nicknamed this person the the heinous. Um, uh, what do we name him? I don't remember what we named him, but it was really, <laughs> we named him something quite humorous. I'm sure it was uh, great. Quite humorous
2: and memorable. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, it was. Uh, yeah, quite memorable. And he was a mystery
7: pooper, and uh, every time he would poop, it was you know mystery pooper strikes again. And then a few people got fired and the mystery pooper n- never sh- struck again. But, uh, yeah. So this guy was, you know, probably took about ten dumps all over the camp.
3: I'm emailing unsolved mysteries, so to speak.
2: <laughs> Robert He's Stack.
4: Serial
7: pooper. I right, keep it sick, keep it wrong, motherfuckers. Hmm. Peace.
2: I really thought there was going to be an end to this story. Like, you know, Angela Lansbury is going to track down the serial pooper. Right, yeah. No, it's yeah like and then they Jack found the, it out. You know, I suspect the retarded Scoutmaster. Jack the Ripper. They never caught him. I know? think it was the Scoutmaster. Dude, would you be surprised if that guy called back next week is like, okay, I was a serial pooper. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's in the realm of yeah. reason. I mean, I wouldn't put,
3: pass anybody at this goddamn camp. <laughs> at, the, you know, at the retarded yeah, camp? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it, I, I think anything. Not gonna anything, send my fake hypothetical children there, I'll tell you that much. Anything could happen at this camp. Yeah. You know? And I, I do think uh, if you went to this camp, you probably would become like a famous film director or, or novelist because of all your experiences that you endured. Yeah. It sounds like someone who's trying to create a shit golem. Yeah, so, <laughs> it sounds like somebody yeah. was trying to create a shit column You
4: mm-hmm.
2: need a Hasidic, Jew- you mm-hmm. need a rabbi to do that you do. I remember asking my father if he would do it and he would, and he would get really upset about it My dad used to get upset if, it, if I brought up the Kabbalah Ah, really? Yeah, he discounted it He, he didn't like the Zohar it. He didn't read the Zohar No, he, didn't now, like he, he mm. just, well, I don't know if he read it or not Because right. he went to rabbi school In a rabbi school, they probably cover Jewish mysticism Right But he discounted it what was his opinion on angels? Did he believe that they were had wills of their own or that they were simply automatons? Yeah, a, I, I, I okay. don't know. I never actually asked him about right. that. I think he said, you don't take the Bible literally. and what? So I think he would think that the angel represented something or some kind of lesson to somebody. Because the Orthodox guy once told me
3: that the, the idea of Lucifer rebelling against heaven could never happen in Judaism because...
2: Um, an angel wouldn't be capable of doing that because they're basically just robots programmed by God. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think my, my father would have said they, they represent some kind of lesson. Mm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he would have. Yeah, I, I'd never heard the automaton theory. But hey, <laughs> you, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, Last Call here actually is a legitimate shit story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from a celebrity. Hey, who is uh, it? He was in the movie Willow. Do you remember that? Uh, Ray J Johnson. No, no, he was also in the movie Leprechaun. You could call me Ray. You could, uh, Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis, bingo, you got mm-hmm. it. Let me let me roll the theme music and let's get to the story.
0: Here's the jingle for the sick and wrong bit. Come gather round, it's all about shit. shit!
8: Hi, Dave here from the uh, the UK, a uh, long time listener, first time caller.
3: I come from the land of the Irish spring. (laughs) Dublin's the place where I learned
2: my thing. All right. Let's be nice. Dave though. Dave. He says Dave is his code name or pseudonym Mm. that he's using here on the show. But come on, Warwick. are you trying to fool? Warwick Davis once um,
3: gave me a, he signed a photo for me of him as the leprechaun. And it says, it says, Harrison, I want me gold. And then he signed his name on it. That's amazing. Did you frame
2: it? I did. Where where did you meet him? Uh, At a comic convention. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would have been so stoked. That was great. Does he date normal-sized women? I didn't ask him. I should have. But I mean, was he there with some books and blonde? No. Okay. He was just there, yeah.
8: Yeah, I've just got a fresh uh, shit story for you. Fresh as in I've just got back to the car from experiencing it. (laughs) This (laughs) is pretty fresh. Wow, yeah, that is. This is is fresh as
2: they come. That's dope.
8: I was handling it quite well, um, like a true professional left work joked to my uh, work colleague i hope i m- make it back without any accidents because i knew i had bad guts but i had to drive home bad guts so i got to the car set off straight away i thought no nope, gotta go so i had to park up near a public park uh, where i knew there was a toilet so uh managed to park up i thought yeah this will be fine um just getting out of the car seat and do you
2: think he drives a normal car or do you think he drives, like, a, a specially adapted Mini Cooper with, like... Well, first of all, the you know? cars, in, they are
3: very small, anyway, in Europe and the UK.
2: Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, cars. do you think, like, a guy like Warwick Davis would go buy a Mercedes-Benz? Or do you think... Or an Audi? Or do you think you'd buy it? Or I have to buy a Mini Cooper? buy a
3: regular-sized car with special things in it, right? Like, you what know? do you like? Hand controls for... I don't know. Who am I? I, I don't know. Do you I don't know if it's a special or do chair, or you have extra? Maybe the, the pedals are just higher.
2: You know, I would Th- like to would think make he would sense. buy like a special Mini Cooper. Okay, it's like green or shaped like a mushroom. Okay, <laughs> he's not a toy in a Happy Meal. <laughs> I know, all right? but
3: I he's just... a guy. He's not a he's not a fucking he's not a Mario Kart
2: over yeah, here. Yeah, but I think it'd be you know? something somewhat magical. Why? He's not? a man. All he's right, just so...
8: a man. It wasn't a shot, it was just pure, pure shit filled me, filled my pants. But but Fortunately, no. I had a, a spare pair of underpants in the uh, in the back, in the boot, because I take my son's swimming, head had some clothes there for, for that, so I thought, well, it's fine, sorted. <laughs> got those, popped them in my pocket, walked gingerly through the park, just feeling everybody's watching me, thinking, he's just shit himself. <laughs> but um, got to the toilet, needed 20p, had a quid, put it in. Didn't get a change, but fair enough. Got in, and it gives you a, a timer, a countdown timer. It gives you 15 minutes, and I thought, okay, I can do this. So, uh, drop me, drop the pants, drop me trolleys. Carefully drop my uh, trolleys, Panties. full of shit. Um, sort of trainers off, folded the uh, the shitty underpants up, putting them in the uh, the ladies uh, bin. Remember
3: when he killed that troll and then it turned into a giant monster?
2: Which which movie was that? In again? Willow. That
3: was in Willow, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. So yeah.
2: weird that part of it was freaking <laughs> out.
3: I gotta watch that again. Yeah. Val Kilmer was in that, wasn't it? Val he? Kilmer, I think I think it was Val Kilmer. And Lenny and Squiggy. What? Lenny, From Laverne and, and Shirley. And Squiggy they played the it? little the little fairy
2: guys, the little uh, brownies. I don't remember yeah. that at all. Yeah, man. Wow. Like Lenny and Squiggy. So wait, getting back to the story here, yeah. he just said he took down his shit filled trolleys or whatever yeah. he said and then he put it in the ladies like receptacle
3: Well, what happens after 15 minutes is is, that, is what I'd like to know
2: uh, do they come in and then grab you, you and eject, or does the yeah. bathroom like start self-washing <laughs> itself I, I don't know what would happen good lord
8: for, uh, for their things uh and evacuated the rest of my bowel
3: who needs that kind of stress when you're trying to go to the bathroom you know you only have a limited amount of time
2: Fifteen minutes. You, yeah, yeah, it's like I like to do it on my own time. Yeah, tidied up,
8: clean underpants on, trousers on. He oh, he had
2: fresh clothes with him. Well, no, yeah, I mean, you. I think you missed this because you're focusing too much on Willow. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, but he was yeah. saying that he had a spare pair of underwear. Okay, in uh, in the trunk because he took mm. his son to swimming class or oh. something. And so, first of all, I didn't even know that uh, that work Davis had children. I didn't either. And do you think his children are normal sized?
3: I think it's it's like a fifty fifty thing, or I think it's like like even if even if two um, little people uh, have a child, they I could th- have a normal sized kid. Could, yeah, they could have a normal sized kid. It's like a you know, so it's that- like when you do that when you like first start studying genetics in like the seventh grade, and you're like this you know, kind of vegetable mates with this vegetable and you end up with this one. <laughs> with this like,
2: chromosome and yeah. then, uh yeah. It's an odds game. But this might change the entire family dynamic. Like mm-hmm. if you, okay, let's say you were a dwarf and mm-hmm. you had a kid that was normal sized and you went to go see a Bruce Springsteen concert. Would you feel weird about your kid picking you up and putting you on his shoulder? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, know. well, you're very open-minded. Yeah, I mean, you
3: got a giant kid, you, you
2: make, you know, you use it. <laughs> use it to your advantage. Yeah, I yeah. can see Springsteen now. Yeah.
8: yeah. Uh, just putting my trainers on, I noticed somebody had done a shit next to the toilet. It wasn't mine because mine was with me, it was a, like a firm one. Jesus. And uh, I thought I got away with it, but I'd, I'd actually stood in somebody else's shit. Come on. My- <laughs> Dude. God, this is the
2: unluckiest uh, yeah. leprechaun I've ever met. Jesus. Socks. So
8: wasn't quite what I wanted. Um, not as successful as I thought i had been. So so now I'm uh, back in the car with a shitty sock. But uh, Anyway, just thought I'd share that beauty with you, and I'll, uh, I'll catch you later. Cheers.
2: Warwick wow. throw the sock away and
3: just yeah. drive barefoot yeah what what do you need the sock for Especially I mean a, I guess it's
2: considerate but just throw it in the feces garbage feces covered sock yeah. see, and, and the worst part about it Oof. human feces yeah. hmm. that was the thing in San Francisco it's like it sucks when you step in dog shit. It sucks right. you get dog shit off your shoe. But when you step in human shit, right? There's something just infinitely grosser about that. Oh, absolutely. Because humans eat all sorts of horrible things.
1: And it's That's just
8: it's horse
3: shit you can deal with horse yeah. shit. It's just hay. It's fine.
2: Yeah, and then with dogs, I mean, it's, it's they're basically eating horses. Right. Um. Wow. Well, thank you, Warwick, for uh, sharing that uh, story with us. I, yeah. d- I don't recall that ever that happening in Willow. No, it didn't. I think they cut it that didn't. out. Yeah. Who do you think would win in a battle here? So was Willow actually a hobbit or was he just a, a, like a, a dwarf? I want They never said. So who do you think would win in a, in a battle here, Frodo or Willow? Oh, Willow would just fucking tear shit up. Mm, yeah. I guess I would put my money on, on
3: war. What can Frodo do, walk around? you know, He puts on a ring and disappears and then he's like, oh, i
2: put on the ring and the evil things. You know, like, Whatever. And then cry about his friend Sam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whereas Warwick <laughs> Davis would be like, you know what? I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Right. You know, and just shit myself, and I'm a- I'm angry. Yeah, I'm I mean, angry. he's got a wand, you know? He's <laughs> fucked shit get, up. Got to get back in my mini Cooper. Yeah. Shaped like a mushroom. Uh, anyway, thank you for calling mm. in. Uh, people call the cigar on Hotline 206-666-3846. I hope that guy wasn't offended. Who, Warwick? Warwick Davis, yeah. Think I, I think there. we were quite respectful okay, actually. Right, yeah. Right. He is one of my favorite actors. He's great. He's great. Yeah, Brilliant thespian. Uh people listen to the show on iTunes, subscribe, break comment. We talk about this every week, but it actually does help the show. If if you can go there just do a search for Sick and Wrong and subscribe to the show, give us a a favorable comment. Hi. Uh, we will uh I don't know. Like Bless your children, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's the podcast awards right now, and I know I posted uh, something on Facebook about that. So, if you could nominate Sick and Wrong for the best comedy podcast, I know a lot of you uh, churlish people out there were were posting things about Sick and Wrong for the family mm-hmm. category, best family podcast. Mm-hmm. You can do that, too. Uh,
3: I have a Section 8 notice from my psychiatrist that says I don't have to fight in the
2: podcast wars. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. You're not in the podcast nope. wars. That's good. In. Yeah. You can take a back seat and just watch them. Yeah. Um, also, new T-shirts are available now. Sick and Wrong merch, um, Sick and Wrong merch is available at the Sick store, Wrong store. Get one of the new occult tees. A lot of people like them. They're mm-hmm. going really fast. Yeah. I've been getting all the sorts of orders, and I can't. I, you know, I try to get them out once a week. So once a week, I will ship your orders. But I know I have like ten shirts I got to ship out on Monday. So um, thank you for ordering. Go to cigaronpodcast store and order some more. Just thank the gods it's not me who's sending them out. It, it would take would me n- like two months. You would months. never get that. I never. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i so bad with mail. I still have mail. <laughs> oh man, don't get yeah. me started. I'm 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 but I'm responsible people. I yeah. I, I can ship those out. Uh, also, how, how much longer do you think we're going to do the theme contest? We've received some pretty good uh, theme songs. Really? Yeah, we mm. got three more this week. Uh. Let's keep it open for another week. Okay. You have one more week, people, to send in your sick and wrong theme song submission. Remember, it's got to be under 30 seconds. you got to see the name of the show. I think that's it. Isn't that yeah. it? under 30 seconds, name of the name show? Name of the show.
3: Do whatever you want. It's a sick and wrong podcast. Yeah. Sick something. and wrong
2: podcast. Yeah. Say it. So send it to sick and wrong podcast, hotmail.com, submit your MP3. And if you win, you win Ryan Keeley's porn collection. Mm-hmm. Runners up, get t-shirts one more week for that. Yeah. And sick and wrong song of the week. Well, we we're talking about Prince. Okay. Uh, we got to play a Prince song. I actually, uh, I love Prince. I have all of his records and, um, you know, some of his are, this kind of pissed me off actually i told you about that like when i first moved into this apartment i didn't realize i put my records against the wall over there mm. i didn't realize there's a heat vent behind it yeah and so uh when it, the first winter i was here it was freezing it was like mm. 30 degrees and uh, i put the heat on i went out to the bar came back and i was like god something smells weird in here I came in here and died a thousand deaths. Mm. I ruined, it was like a Holocaust, a vinyl Holocaust. I ruined like probably a hundred records. Oh shit. Uh, dude. Yeah. Records that are irreplaceable. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I've been collecting records for a long time. Anyway, I just discovered this week cause I was like, mm. Hey, you know, I want to listen to some Prince. So I put on the album controversy. Okay. And there's just this skip. It's warped. Mm. And I was like, what? And so I started looking through all my Prince records and I realize, God damn it. I've there's like four that are slightly warped. Not mm. like to the point you can't play it, but there's, it skips on the first song. Mm. And now the record's worthless. And now it's like I go on eBay to try to, say, well, how much is a new Controversy record? Mm. And now it's like 80 bucks for an original. God damn it. Worst time to buy Prince final. Prince, why did you have to die? So inconvenient for me. Yeah. You know? Although... His mustache always kind of filled me with a vague anxiety. I what, how so? Did you, Did you You know, did you uh, covet it? Did you want I, it for no, yourself? No, I didn't like it. Like, it felt like... Like a pedophile stash.
3: No, not a pedophile stash. I just felt... You know when, like, a 14-year-old grows a mustache and just looks bad, and it's like, dude, just please. It's like pubic hair. Yeah, hand. I didn't like it. It felt like you know,
2: that. I saw me. someone post a meme of uh, Rihanna with a prince mustache, and they look very similar, hmm. the two of them. Anyway. Yeah. We're going to end the show uh, with, a, with a tribute here to Prince. I'm going to end the show with Dirty Mind, which I was always quite a fan of, that song. That's a Synchronic Song of the Week. Never heard it. Oh, it's good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think you should listen to this, Harrison. I think you should become a Prince fan. Even though you'll never be able to see him, yeah. you can recognize his genius, because Prince will be missed by many. Well, we're going to end the show here with Dirty Mind. People will be back next week with episode 531. Until then, take a Susie.
7: Of dickheads. I know I call in a lot, but uh I just wanna say that I really like calling in and uh shit like that. Also I just like spelled the word zach out and I just realized this is the most fucking badass name on the planet and I will name my firstborn child Zach, whether he's a male or a female. And yeah. Keep it sick, keep it wrong.